بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وآله وصحبه وجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته وعليكم السلام وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته so I'm sure many of you guys know already who this is but for those of you who don't know this is Yusuf you know this is one of our brothers حافظ القرآن اللهم بارك now we're bringing him on today he's going to contribute to today's podcast episode something very special today we're going to be talking about Worshipping God while you are young, worshipping Allah while you are young, and this is why we got our expert, you know, Alhamdulillah, Allahumma Barik, we got our best friend, man. I'm not no expert, but inshallah, I'll just try to contribute as much as I can. Alhamdulillah, I think these brothers, always good to see them, mm-hmm. always to come come on their platform. May Allah bless what they're doing <clears throat> and I keep mean. their intentions pure <clears throat> and I increase mean. them in this dunya and the akhirah, inshallah. You know, the reason why I suggested we talk about Worshipping Allah while you are young, there's a verse that comes to mind. When death comes and reaches them, they say, Allah send me back. My Lord send me back. But you know what Allah says about this? This is this is just the word they're saying. It doesn't mean anything. What is this gonna mean when you're when you're dead and then it's said and done? That's why I say it's it's really a uh, a topic of procrastination and delaying your worship to God or delaying any of your affairs which are which is needed for your reality and in exchange for youth you know speaking on like procrastination and using your youth what did the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam say he said there are two blessings mankind is deluded into losing free time and your health when we are young this is our best time this is our prime this mm-hmm. is our time to be out here and be go-getters this is our time to go ahead and memorize the quran this is our time to actually go ahead and try and make an impact on the world by by starting with ourselves mm-hmm. right like in my life personally i see a lot of older people they tell me like look use your youth use your youth if i could go back to being your age i would do it i don't care how much money i lost if i could be your age one more time i would i would love to i would do everything so much differently or how about what do you, what do you um a lot of people ask, uh, what would you give, like, advice if you could see your younger self? Or what would you tell your younger self if you could talk to him right now? Or, like, what would you change if you were younger right now? Of course, like, we we, we get this all the time. Like, look, me, I, I'd consider myself a young person. I'm 19 years old, right? Mm-hmm. But even looking at my younger self, even a year or two ago, there are a lot of things that I would change, right? Yeah. But, it, you know, it's still not too late for me because I'm I'm still young, right? I can go ahead and do things, but we never know when death is going to approach us. We never know when it's our last day. And it seems like the thing that we're hinting at here is when youth is something to be missed. Youth is something to be missed and thought upon and reflected upon and you, you should have did this, you should have did that, and you regret it. This is why it's important to remember this now. And then we always, we fear old age. Why do we fear old age? It's because we're closer to our death. Why do we see death as an anomaly when it is more normal or more common than life? I can count more dead people than I can alive people. Mm. This is actually a crazy point. And like adding on to that, it's like whenever people are celebrating birthdays, oh, it's another day of me getting older. The way I look at it is another day that's closer to my death. Another year closer to my death. Another year that I just became older. What like in reality, what what did I do in the past year to better myself to up to this point mm-hmm. other than celebrating? You know, what's funny to me is I see a lot of people and I'm not going to say a certain group of people, but people out here celebrating, celebrating what? Celebrating straight failure. This you people out here, oh, they, they're going to light up a blunt. They're going to they're going to drink. They're going to pour up a bottle of what? Mm-hmm. Straight failure. What are you celebrating, bro? Mm-hmm. You have nothing to celebrate. You're just out here doing a whole lot of nothing and you, you, you expect to get somewhere in life. You do a whole lot of talking, no, no action. But in our youth days, it's the best time to go ahead and take action. 
Taking action is what's going to lead you to success and whatever it may be in life. You want to be a good Muslim? You're going to take action. You want to be a millionaire? You're going to take action. What you just said, though, I, I like what you just said. A lot of people, they celebrate their birthdays and they make a whole holiday out of it, even though they, they didn't really do anything. Like they want people to celebrate. Oh, yeah, they've get, been given another year of life. But what did you do with that, that year of life that just passed? What are you going to do with this next year of life? Like life is something so valuable and it's made for us to lose it because of what? Like knowing that we can lose our lives at any moment, knowing that we're getting closer to our death. What does that like entail for you in your mind? Like in your mentality, what does that entail? Are you going to use your life to the like the fullest? Like are you going to live your life to the fullest? And what I mean by that is actually enacting ways in your life that you can better yourself, better the people around you, better the world if you can. Like. Not just sitting here, oh, I'm going to go drink and I'm going to have a party and I'm going to do this and that. I'm going to celebrate. You know what's crazy? In oh contrast God. to being old, when you're young, in the eyes of God, your desires is extremely high when you're young. Tell me I'm wrong. When you're young, you want this, you want that, you want this, you want that. But look what this, this, look what this hides within it. Endless opportunity to do good. Imagine you leave off something for the sake of God, even though your desire for it was so strong and you're young, you, you feel like you're going to live forever when you're young, you're strong, you're in your prime. But you leave it all for the sake of God, for the sake of God. Look how God will bless you. There's actually a hadith about this, where the where the Prophet says, "Well, I shouldn't really say if it's a hadith because I'm not 100 percent sure, but it's very strong words." It says, Allah is like ya'jib. The word ya'jib means like Allah is like Allah has admiration for this youth. This respect, like Allah admires this youth that has sabwa. He has. He's strong, like I'm not saying. He has a desire and everything, but he leaves it off for the sake of Allah. Why? Because he fears Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah loves these people, right? So the youth, they always come back to Allah. This, whereas they're like, okay, some people say, all right, when I grow up, I'll worship Allah. When I grow up, I'll repent. When I grow up, I'll start being serious on my deen. Mm -hmm. but when you're young and do it, this is the prime time. And you use it for good instead of bad, it's going to really benefit you for your uh, now, future, inshallah. Speaking of this, I'm going to go ahead and talk about personal experience. Just a couple of days ago, right? I was talking to a man. He's 63 years old, right? He's talking about how he used to be a window cleaner. He fell and he he broke a whole bunch of limbs in his body. And he got kicked out of the house. Then he was talking about how right now he's battling cancer. And then he was talking about in his youth days how he used to go out and party and drink, uh, drink and smoke every day. And the reason why he was telling me this is like, you're, he, was, he was talking about how I'm young and I'm so mature for my age. And he was like, that's such a good thing. But he was also like... Don't dwell too much into the future and don't dwell too much onto the past because, you know, you have to actually live life in the present moment. He said, now I, I, I go day to day thanking God for what I have, right? Because even though I have cancer, even though I have this and that. Now, look, now tying into the dunya, right? What you were just talking about. What does dunya necessarily mean? And I just learned this recently. Dunya comes from, the, it comes from a root meaning in Arabic of reaching out for grapes you cannot get. Think about it. Now, what does this exactly mean? For us as human beings, what do we do with the dunya? We desire things that we cannot necessarily get. We can't reach. We're always chasing the next, next thing. We always want that instant gratification. You see one person, well, a brother has something. Now all of a sudden you want it, but you, you have no way of reaching it. You have no way of reaching it. This is all dunya. And it's like these things look so appealing, so strongly appealing to you. You think it's, it looks so beautiful to you. And then once you have it, it's like that desire was gone. It's all, it, it was Satan leading you on. No, and correct me if I'm wrong. It says, Like indeed, this, this dunya is just nothing but pure amusement. Nothing but pure play. It's all going to come to an end. Stop stressing so much over the dunya. Like it, it, it's like those people, like, for example, you ask someone, what's it like living paycheck to paycheck? What's it like chasing the, from one thing to the dunya to the next? It's, it's it's extremely stressful. It's not it's not a place that you want to be in. Yeah. 
Now, I'm not saying we don't go out and chase the good things in life because, look, we do it in moderation. The Prophet taught us in moderation, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you do your best, but there comes to a point where there's a red line. You have to stop. Mm. Like you can't like, let's say, for example, you want to you want to go ahead and make the most money, but yet you're putting your salah off. You're putting a lot off. Mm-hmm. These things are not worth it. I understand you want it. These things are halal. It's not halal to become, you know, let's say a wealthy person, mm. but do it in moderation. Pennies that are earned, pre- p- pennies, pennies in the eyes of Allah that are halal are worth way more than millions that are earned haram. Mm. Subhanallah. Millions earned haram are, are worthless though. Yeah, think about it. Of course. Like even worthless. if you spend it in a good way, it's worthless because what did you what did you have to do to yourself, to your heart, to your iman to get that money? You disobeyed Allah. To do those things. Yeah, exactly. And then if, next next time, next time for any young person who disobeys God and thinks he's gonna live forever, think about this. You drink from his drink, you eat from his food, you breathe from his air, your blood circulates from it, and he gave it to you, and you're gonna disobey him and then you're gonna neglect him and then you're gonna disregard him as if as if it's nothing. How unthankful do you have to be? Subhanallah, we use the ni'mam that Allah gave us to disobey him. Oh, subhanallah. Subhanallah. And look, you know, subhanallah, this, this is a crazy point. And earlier today, I was in the masjid, right? And I, there was a kid. He was talking to uh, one of the teachers. He was like, you know, I don't pray in school because, you know, so-and-so, I don't want people seeing me. Or for some, whatever reason, the teacher was just like, look, let's face the reality. The reason why you don't want to pray in school is because you're embarrassed. You're embarrassed about Islam. You're embarrassed for who you are. You don't know your deen. And that's that's exactly what the problem is. If you actually knew your deen, you knew Islam, you knew our history, you knew the Prophet, you knew the Quran, there's nothing to be ashamed of. There's absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. And I'll speak on this even personally. The more I learn about my deen, the more, the more I'm happy I am to be a Muslim. The more I feel blessed Allah to be a Muslim, the better I feel to be a Muslim because it's just like nothing can bring me down. Like this, this, this is the religion of truth. I'm on the truth. I'm not on jahiliyyah. I'm not on batin. You know what I'm saying? No, but like what you're saying is is very much facts because I can recall the first time that I prayed in public and I was nervous because I was like, what if people are like, they look at me, they think I'm like weird or something Mm -hmm. like this. And I'm like, and I know I'm a Muslim. I'm proud to be a Muslim. I don't mind that I have to pray. But I was just thinking like, what are other people going to think or what are they going to say? See, in my mind, I thought some Islamophobe was going to come up and probably like kick me while I'm praying or something like that. Like I thought I was about to end up a martyr or something like right here. But see, that was all in my head because I started thinking about like if I see someone doing something out of the ordinary in public, I'm going to look at them for a second and then I'm going to look away because I don't care. I don't I don't pay that much mind to these types of things because people go about their lives like they they have. We're not the center of attention. bro. <laughs> like, no, this is not. actually a good point. And the teacher brought up this point lastly, and uh, I can't believe I forgot to bring this up. He says you care so much about pe- what people think about you for the same people not to care about you. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. Your ego is destroying you. You're egocentrical. Wow. You think the whole world revolves around you and everyone's thinking about you. To, and to the point where it hurts you even more, even when you want to do good. We tend to cater for the creation. We forget the creator. Like mm-hmm. Hussein was saying, I had the same problem where like my first time praying in public, I was like, what if someone, like what if people <laughs> see me, right? Wallahi, now if I go to public, I want to pray in public. Mm-hmm. Why? Just so like for the da'wah, for the main aspect to show Islam. Mm-hmm. Look at the people in the past. How they showed Islam, the Sahaba, the Prophet Sallallahu The Prophet Sallallahu he would pray in front of the Kaaba. What, what was the risk? Him dying. People pouring stuff on his back, right? The waste of camels and stuff. People almost killing him just for praying. And here we're scared just because we're scared of what people are going to think. No, and, and, and imagine, imagine this, like the scenario of the Prophet Sallallahu Imagine everyone, imagine everyone in the world thinking what you believed in was wrong. And you, all you had to affirm yourself was yourself and Allah. Would you still continue what to do, what you're doing? 
would you still continue what you're doing? And not only on top of that, he did it in front of all of them, like you said, in the Kaaba, in the middle, in the midst of everything. He did it in front of that while they threatened him, while they, they pour stuff on his back. Oh, imagine that. that. Imagine his, him, imagine like, the character. Yeah, no, but look I'm at the miracle of Islam. How, what, was the, what was the percentage of Muslims on, on the earth at the time? It was like 0 0.01. Exactly. They didn't, they, they didn't care about the deserts. The Romans, they went to the desert. They just kept going, right? Mm -hmm. But they, they like to conquer everything back then. Mm -hmm. So when you have, when you're such a limited number, right? Because whenever we see a lot of people doing it, we tend to be more comfortable. So imagine the Prophet, when he's one of the only people or the companions, they're very small in number. Imagine the courage that they had. Now we are the biggest religion on earth today, and you can't tell me otherwise. And I'll tell you exactly why we are the biggest religion. You see the stats say Christians make up what? 2.2 billion people of the earth, uh, of the world, and Muslims make up 2 billion. Now I'll tell you why this is wrong. Because look, you see a Protestant Christian is going to tell you a Catholic is not a real Christian. You're going to see a Catholic is going to tell you a Protestant is not a real Christian, or Mormon is not a real Christian, or Jehovah's Witness is not a real Christian. Now, why is it that whenever you guys talk about global population you want to add in the protestants the catholics this and that they don't even claim each other as christians you want to say that oh they make up two billion people in the world versus islam islam is one body one body mm -hmm. doesn't even like you want to bring up sunni shia the difference is political now what it's not theological one quran last prophet muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. anyone who says otherwise is out of the fold of islam you can't argue with me on that islam is the biggest religion today the most practiced religion today allah akbar subhanallah you know one thing um that like one thing i think about a lot is like prioritizing my youth in worship to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and like the reason being is i use i think about my parents a lot i'm like how often do i see them having issues in their dean or speaking about or visibly seeing that they have issues with their dean or that they they struggle to pray or something like this i don't see that i don't see that maybe they have it in, in their heart sometimes or something but i, I won't know for me, though, as a young person, I'm going to always have those struggles. I've been having those struggles ever since I started trying to pray or ever since I tried to learn uh, the deen of Islam because I'm young, because I have those desires like we were talking about. But if you prioritize it right now, think about how easy it gets later. Think about how easy it gets for you to handle situations later. Like, yeah, hardship and calamity is still going to come. But mm -hmm. you, you're going to know in your heart exactly what, where it's coming from. You're never going to have to question Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because for your entire life, you've been doing this. For your entire life, you've been dealing with this. And you've then, been firming this your entire life. And then imagine in the Quran, it says we will surely test you. So whenever you're tested, maybe you're afraid of something or maybe you're suffering from poverty. And then you realize Allah said this is going to happen. Why am I surprised? Why am I surprised this is going to happen? And then I want to talk about another thing. This, I'm going to tell you all a story. I was in the mosque and I was sitting next to a father and his kid. And the kid was sitting down, Allahumma badi. Like you said, we got to start these habits when we're young. This kid, right. he was maybe four or five years old. He said, are all these here people? Are all these people here to pray? The father said, yes. He said, we, the father said, all these people are here to be grateful to God, to be grateful to Allah. This is, what, this is what they do. Every single day they're here. And then the kid said, um, to be grateful to God. Like and as a question, he said, yes, Allah gives them everything. He said, a th the kid said a thousand things. The, God, the, the father said more. I was like, man. I was sitting there, I'm like, I'm, I'm listening to this conversation. I felt kind of good because I'm, I'm intruding their conversation. I'm like, man, subhanAllah. He said, he said, they give them their food, their water, entertainment, amusement, all of this. I was like, man, subhanAllah. And he, this kid here is like, man, I want to pray. I was like, oh, subhanAllah. SubhanAllah. Oh, my God. Allah I was like, man, that's just really, really, I was like, man. Hey, that, that little kid, he was increasing my man. He was giving me dollar. Look, <laughs> this is your youth. This is your youth. You better be disciplined in your youth. Don't think that you're, you're going to be living forever. You, you want to be disciplined today so tomorrow is easy. You're going to procrastinate today so today is easy and tomorrow is going to be hard. You want to be like that? And that doesn't even just mean tomorrow in this dunya. Imagine you procrastinate your salah. Now your hereafter is hard. Now you're in the hellfire for that. And you, no, no, no. And 
like that's like it's words, but like that's reality, though. That's reality. The reality is we're gonna face judgment for what we did on this earth. But what what Osman said was very very harsh and true. That if you procrastinate now, it's gonna make your future hard. Not just tomorrow, your whole future, your youth. You're wasting all your youth. All right, you're just staying in your room, gaming, doing all this stuff, and not doing anything that to prepare for your future, dean wise or like for your career wise or anything. It's gonna really be detrimental to your future. The Prophet ﷺ says in hadith, everyone knows the hadith, where he says, take advantage of five things before five. Everyone knows the hadith. Five things before five. And I, I don't know if I can recall all five, but one of them was what? Take advantage of your youth, youth. before your old age. Before your old age. Because when you're young, you're strong. You have time. You have all these things. Time is one of the, th- the things too, right? So if you're wasting these things, then in the future, you're going to, yeah, wait, let's, uh, like Rahman said, yeah. the ayah he brought regret, up. Like regret. That's what I'm, and one of the things is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is your life before your death. And why do we treat, like, if you ask any person on earth, any person, doesn't matter who they is, what's the most valuable thing on earth? They're going to say life. They're going to say children, life. Like, they're not, no one's going to say, oh, money. Like, no, it's going to be life. And then why do we treat it like life is nothing? Why do we treat our lives like it's nothing? Why do we not take it seriously? The people, they say, what do they say? They say, YOLO, you only live once. Yeah, you only live once. That's the thing. Oh, you know, well, you don't only live once, but you have one chance in this dunya and then that's it. Look, I, I saw this video on non-Muslims, but it's still a very important point. If we, we're all Muslims, we can go ahead and reflect upon this. So there was a guy interviewing a couple. He asked them, he said, if I gave you $10 million right now, would you would you be happy? They said, yes. He said, would uh, would there be anything or anyone that would be able to let you uh, put you down? They said, no. They're like, all right. And then he asked them again, what if I give you the $10 million right now, but you weren't to wake up tomorrow? Would you still take it? They said, no. Oh. And then he was like, so that means your life is more important than the $10 million. And he said, yes. So why do you walk around and let, let anyone put you down? Why do you let life put you down? Yeah. Think about Subhanallah. it. Subhanallah. Your life is the most precious thing to you. You're going you're gonna to go ahead and abuse it. No one actually believes, oh, YOLO, oh, you only live once. Because look, if everyone acted upon it, there would be no humans left left on earth. Or imagine- I saw a quote relating to that YOLO, you only live once. So they said, you only live once, so enjoy it. Right? But the quote says, you only die once, so prepare for it. SubhanAllah. 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 What's, what's going to be more in your face? Your life or your death? Or imagine- once, once you die, there's no going back. SubhanAllah. Yeah. Imagine in the eyes of Allah too. He made this creation. He created you. He he gave you your name, your provisions, your all all the knowledge that you have, your lung. Every time your heart beats, this is Allah allows for it, and you go and you waste it. Imagine the eyes of Allah, and then when you come to meet Him, you say, "I, I wanted to have fun." Just do oh, Like I said, it's yeah. like the hadith that I brought up in the beginning. The, the Prophet Sallallahu said there are two there are two blessings that mankind is deluded into losing, which is free time and their health. Your free time should not be used for anything other than Allah. Right. And that doesn't, of course, just mean praying. Eating good food is serving Allah. Providing for your family is serving for Allah. Getting physically fit is for Allah. Right. As long as we all have the right intention. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you do that? And reflecting on earlier today in the morning, I was watching videos on a bodybuilder. I forgot his name. But look, this guy, this guy was strong. This guy was lifting weights like like nobody else. Now he's old and, you know, it's, it's just not the same. Mm. It's just not the same. And people were like, wow, like, look at his prime. Look at him in his prime. You know, he's, look at him. He's so, he's so strong for still moving on. But like, it just shows you like 20 years ago, this guy was this. Now he's here. And if he could go back, I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. Who wouldn't want to go back? You also got to think about it. Like when you, when you're living life, you can always rectify things that happen in your life. You can always 
repent for a wrong deed, you can right a wrong. Like if you wrong someone else, you can go ahead and you can apologize to them or you can do things in your life to help you progress. But once you're dead, there's no progression. Mm-hmm. You can either, the only progression you can have is if you make it to Jannah. That's the only, but there, there's only one type of progression, but the regression is worse than any type of progression you can have. You know what's crazy is you said there's no progression after death. There's no change after death. After death, you've reached homeostasis. Like, there's no change after this. You know what's crazy is a lot of people right now, they're living and they're dead. They don't change. They don't reflect upon their action. They just sit and they smoke every single day or they do drugs every single day or they're, they're changing the same thing, living from the next duty to, next, to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. They never change. They're, they're living, but they're dead. You know what? This, this makes me reflect back. I think this is in your Instagram bio. I'm, a real man is the one who fears the death of his heart, not the death of his soul. Once the heart dies, then everything dies. Yeah, subhanAllah. SubhanAllah. It's endless cycle. Like Rathman was saying, it's just endless cycle. Because Allah is very merciful. When Allah takes your soul, when Allah takes your soul, then just know that the state that your soul was in, if you were to live a thousand more years, that was, that was going to be the same state of your soul. Eternity. Eternity. Mm-hmm. So change has to come from within. Mm-hmm. Change has to come from within. You know what the Salaf used to do? This is how serious they took this. You know what the Salaf used to do? They used to dig a grave. They used to dig a grave. And they used to come and sit in that grave. And they would say, they would say that there's going to come a day where, where my body, they're going to tell, they tell them they're in their own nefs. That there's going to come a day where, where you will be here forever. Now Allah is giving you the chance to come out of this grave that you just came in. So change. SubhanAllah. That's what the Salaf would do. SubhanAllah. Powerful. Powerful. That, that is very This is how powerful. serious they took it. And we're just here playing around. Yeah, yeah, I'll change tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I'll stop this bad habit tomorrow. Yeah, I'll start uh, giving zakat, zakat tomorrow. I'll start fasting Monday and Thursdays next week. Mm-hmm. Right? We'll all fall, fall victim to this. You know what's so crazy about that? There's been, uh, there's been a couple of times, like, let's say where I'm sleeping and, like, like, I'll get, like, a sleep paralysis and, like, I can't move. I can't talk or nothing. I'm just like, this could be me in the grave. This, is, this could be literally me in the grave. But look. And like, I think it's over for me. And then a minute or two later, I'm able to open my eyes up. I'm able to get up. And now I'm breathing again. Look at the beauty of Islam. Allah gives you the chance. Like, like you are just saying, Allah is giving you the chance to come out this grave. Allah gives you the chance in your life, no matter how much wrong you've done, to turn back to God and to seek forgiveness from him. And who can forgive sins except Allah? Who can help you change your ways except Allah? You ask for Allah for guidance, he'll give you guidance and increase you in that guidance. Don't be, don't, Allah, and Allah never wronged the people. They wronged themselves. Listen. What you just said, how only Allah can help, like, can change, help you change. Bro, I can recall a time when, like, I was at my weakest points in Iman. And I would be sitting at, like, at night, having those late night thoughts, talking about, oh, I'm going to change this tomorrow. I'm going to do this tomorrow. I'm going to start doing this tomorrow. This is, this is me speaking about my deen, or I'm going to learn this surah tomorrow. This and that, right? Then I'd go the next day and it would be like nothing ever happened. And I'd be like, why can't I do it? Like I'm sitting here, I'm so motivated right before I go to bed. I'm so motivated. I'm so ready to do this. I get up in the morning. It's like nothing happened. It's like all that motivation just drifted away from me in my sleep. It's like in my sleep, it was like just a dream. It's just a fever dream. It was gone. And I'm like, what? what's going on? Like, what, what am I supposed to do? I keep trying to change, but I can't do it. It's like I'm, I'm stuck at a roadblock. Mm. Every time I try to change, it's like I'm, I hit a wall and I'm like, what do I do? And the whole time that I was thinking, I was like, because I was never asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help me do it. I was sitting there thinking I could do this myself. I thought I could do all of this myself. I thought I could turn to Allah myself without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's guidance, without his help. And really you can't. Wallahi subhanAllah, you cannot. 
There's nothing that you can do without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like even you were talking about the your heart beating. You do not do that without the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I don't say a word. No, no letter comes out of my mouth without the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah. Allah. It's very, it's very true. Yani, if Allah does not give you the, the will to, to do something, you'll never be able to do it. Never. Mm -hmm. The Prophet says the hearts of the believers or the hearts of people are between the fingers of Allah and in, in the matter that befits him. Mm -hmm. He switches him as he wants. As he wants. If one day you can have, have, you have the highest iman in this dunya. Wallahi, you think it's from you? Allah will crush you. Allah will take that away from you. Right? Allah, and just changing, like Hussein was saying, changing, it doesn't have to be a big change. It doesn't have to be a big change. Start with the small things. Start saying Bismillah before you eat. Start saying Alhamdulillah before you eat. Start saying the du'as to enter the bathroom. This, just these small changes, this is how you're going to reach this high level. Just small steps, small steps. Because you can't just take a big leap. It has to be consistently. Uh, mm -hmm. Prophet Sallallahu says in another hadith, right? The, the most beloved deeds to Allah are the most consistent ones, even if they are small. Mm -hmm. What Allah loves if a person can just donate $5 every Jum'ah instead of one person's donating ten, uh, $100 once, like once in his lifetime. Mm -hmm. That's more beloved to Allah. So the small changes are what really makes it happen. From a, from you start this from your foundation of a youth, like the topic we're talking about. Look, and this even works the same way with, let's say you set a goal, you set a big goal in life, how are you gonna get there? You by setting other smaller goals to get there. Uh -huh. So if I have a big goal about something, I'm gonna set smaller goals and I'm gonna set five different small goals every single day so I can achieve that. And for us, look, what's what's five goals we gotta achieve every single day? Your prayer. It's five steps Teaches to success right there. Yeah. Teaches you discipline. If I'm disciplined in my prayer, everything else becomes easy. Everything else becomes easy because it's like, now what can I not do? What can I not do? I don't got time. I know I know how to make my time. I know time management. I got good time management. I can make my salon time. Mm -hmm. Bro, think about it. How many times a day or how many, like, think about it like this. Hold on. So everybody in their lifetime has probably searched up once. How can I be successful? Not knowing that success calls you five times a day. It's mm -hmm. right there in the Adhan. Success yeah. is calling you five times a day. If you don't feel successful after completing your prayers, then I don't know what to tell you. Then there's no nothing that will suffice you. There's nothing that will satisfy you. I also, I also, something interesting that I was thinking about is I think for me personally, or like people in general have a skewed idea of, or a skewed judgment of what success is. Because Allah tells us in, in the Quran, perhaps you love something, but it is bad for you. Perhaps you love this one thing, you think you think this is success, but it's really not. And perhaps you hate something and it, and it's and good, it's good for, for, you. for you. And perhaps you hate this one thing and that maybe that's success. And that's maybe that's what's good for you, but you hate it. So I, I always like I, what I stay true to and what I stay like is just the Quran and Sunnah. That's my that's my idea of like that's success. That's that's what I trust. You know, so I've been listening to a lot lately. So the Mu'minun just tells me the thing. Like, and it's just so deep. That's really just successful. Indeed, are the believers the one who have full concentration in their prayers? And it talks about the ones who guard their chastity, nah, the ones nah. who who are who are focused on their salah, the people who, who guard their salah. People who pay this, zakat, the people. This is this is really the rubric how to become successful from Allah Azza wa Jal. And like, look, who you, else can tell you? You got to think about it. How how else? Where are you going to find the better advice? If you if you disbelieve in Allah and His Messenger, who's your alternative? I want to know. I want to know who did you choose as an alternative to God? But hold on, what does Islam teach you? So if I'm if I'm consistent if I'm praying my salah I'm consistent and I'm disciplined I know that what else does Islam teach me if whoever's grateful to Allah Allah will always increase them so now I'm a grateful person 
Mm-hmm. The Prophet Sallallahu always tells us to be kind. The Quran, it's, Allah tells us to be kind to people. How can you hate on someone who's kind, who's grateful, who's consistent, who's disciplined? How can you ever hate on someone like that? How can you ever call this person a bad person, someone who worships God? How? And to find this out, you have to know what Islam teaches. You can't just look at someone who calls himself a Muslim and they don't act upon those things that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's a whole, there's a whole different thing. That's why you see in the media right now, a lot of people are reading the Quran because they've seen the propaganda. So now they're turning away to look. Okay, let me see what the Quran is actually teaching. Well, let me see what Islam is actually teaching. And this is this is human nature right here. If you if like, let's let's say right, let's say Osman here tells me that Yusuf is the worst person ever, this and that. But I see there's hundreds of books written on Yusuf. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna read those books. I'm gonna see what this guy's talking about. But the arrogant will ignore ignoring exactly. Or the, or the, the arrogant will just, ignore. Yeah. But look. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to read those books. And turns out, like, look, when it comes to this, I'm going to say, again, me personally, there's been lots of things. I'm not going to specifically name them on here where people will talk bad about something. I'll go ahead and do my own research upon it. And it's the complete opposite. And I was talking about this earlier today with my, one of my teachers. Mm-hmm. And that's what I be saying. Like, that's what I was thinking about. The, the judgment of hum- some humans or the judgment of like most humans is skewed. It's, it's like it's not the correct judgment because we have an objective morality. We have a clear basis of what's right and what's wrong. And th- that's from God. So why would I trust anyone's judgment besides Allah? You're right. Yeah, man. And I think like... And that's like a lot... That's like a... That's a, like a way... An easy way to get out of... Get out of a, like a lot of backbiting and slandering. If you have friends that slander and backbite while they're around you, you, you can easily tell them like... Or you just... Just go away. Walk past it with dignity. Don't even entertain stuff like, like that. Like look, whenever... Whenever I'm in a place like when people are slandering someone behind their back, I can feel like, let's I say, my iman. I, I can feel the iman of, it's, it's just like, I feel like, I what, it's just like, I feel like so guilty even listening in on this. Like, I don't I even like, so I don't want to hear about it. I'd be and it's crazy. The subject so quick. You know, if, that is, if that ever happens to me, I just start making dhikr or istighfar because I'm like, okay, I, I, like Yusuf just said, you could feel the iman just getting sucked out. I don't know why that happens. Maybe it's because there's like there's all these bad deeds happening around you. So it's like, I don't it's know, the of shaitan is very... And yeah. you, know, you know what's crazy is even in, in my own judgment, n- never mind the judgment of other people, in my own judgment, maybe I'll be driving my car and someone, he brake checks me or someone, he's going too slow, the, the light turned green, he doesn't want to go. And I'll get angry, I'll be like, oh my God. Like, I just want to hit the horn. But I'll be like, man, maybe, maybe there's, maybe he's an old guy in front of me. My yeah. judgment yep. is skewed, and I don't, because Allah is the knower of the unseen. I don't know the unseen. That's why I'm not gonna be quick to pass judgment, be swift in judgment, unless it's something which is so extremely apparent that you can't, you can't ignore this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. I'm not gonna have someone punch me in the face and be like, you know, man, that, I, I don't know what's going on. You're heart. having a bad day, guys. <laughs> <Yeah, like, laughs> no, no. Let's yeah, believe I'm going to no, defend myself. Yeah, look, look, Islam is in moderation. Islam mm-hmm. is practical. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like, oh, okay, you know, you don't know the hearts of people. Don't, you know, if I'm getting attacked in my home right now, you know, this maybe this guy is a broke guy, yeah. and, you know, he needs no, some money. Like, no. protects himself, he's getting robbed, and he dies, he's a shaheed. Yeah. SubhanAllah, once the Sahabi came to the Prophet, I said, I asked him, oh, Prophet Allah of Allah, if I'm getting robbed, what should I do? He said, defend yourself, right? He said, he said, what if I have to kill him? He said, kill him. He said, he said, "What if I kill him?" He said, "You're not at wrong. You're not. You're not at wrong. A fault." He said, "What if he kills me?" He said, "You die, Shahid." Subhanallah. You win every single situation. Either you're gonna keep what you have, or you're gonna die a martyr. Subhanallah. Like I said, there's no defeating a Muslim. Look, for all you people who are hating, talking about some this and that. Look, you can't beat the Muslim, and you're mad about it. <laughs> yeah, listen, yeah, look, look, look. This brings up one of the way. one of my favorite like uh, hadiths is tying your camel, mm-hmm. because there are people who take. Those types of situations are not like, oh, if I'm going to get robbed, I'm going to let him kill me so I could die. So he's like, no, if you could defend yourself, why wouldn't you do that? Like, show some honor. Defend yourself. Defend your honor. Defend your family. Defend your home. 
Like I used to think that. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm I'm guilty of that. I used to think like, bro, if I was in a certain situation, even though I could do something, I wasn't gonna do it because I wanted to like, I wanted to be a shaheed or something, or I wanted to find a reward a different way. Like I thought I could find loopholes, but you can't. There's no loopholes yeah, when it comes to Allah. Allah is the knower of the unseen. Allah is the knower of everything. I was in my heart. Oh, I was like, just trying to die. Yeah. If if in your heart you you knew you could have done something, you had an idea, but you dismissed it because like, oh, maybe I can die right now. Like, no, that's not how it works. And look, look, even to a certain extent, that can look like suicide. Yeah. Because like, it's like you right, intentionally die. <laughs> yeah. But you know, with that, I think we like there was, there was a lot of good lessons in this episode, especially for us, reminders for us, and and, and for you all, inshallah, bismillah. Um. But with that, that can close out this this podcast. Please leave some suggestions, inshallah, and leave some feedback. Join the Discord. I know he's going to say it, but join the Discord. Um, and with that being said, you know, assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. All right, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast episode. Make sure to share this with your friends and family. You never know whose life you can change by sharing this podcast episode. Also, like he already said, we have a Discord server. Make sure you join it. We're building the biggest Discord server in the Ummah, and we need your guys' help. Share with your friends, family, your grandma, your grandpa, anybody. I don't care. Share with everybody, even your non-Muslim friends. We can turn them into Muslims by Allah's will, by Allah's guidance. And like I said, we're, we're still students of knowledge. We're not scholars. So, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.